And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. 301-230-0980. Trent Williams, a pro bowler for the NFC at the offensive tackle position. The ultimate question is, we know he's a great player. You don't have to, that's, not, that's not even debatable. We're not even going to debate whether Trent Williams is still a good player or not. But how much of a difference would he make on this team? And here's why I ask this question. Would the play caller still try to incessantly try to make Taylor Heineke, Dan Fouts, instead of running the football more, but it's almost as if Scott is trying to prove to the world that Taylor Heineke can be Dan Fouts instead of just letting Taylor Heineke be Taylor Heineke. Because you could run the football Charles Leno's a very good run blocker. We've seen that. We got Leno and Norwell. You run left. Leno and Norwell are driving people off the ball like they're driving a blocking sled, Russell. They are getting down the field and doing that. The problem is, and again, if you watch, again, just like I said, watching the game from the end zone the other night, you see it all. Scott Turner devises and constructs good plays. I tweeted this yesterday. A great offensive coordinator and a great play caller is not necessarily about play construction. We can all, I mean, I I sit at home and do it myself. You can sit there and create great play construction. But what separates, Chris, the great play callers from the average ones, the guys that have a long career become a head coach as opposed to the guy that ends up being an offensive coordinator, a position coach for seven different teams, is the ability, Chris, to call the plays at the right time, to have that feel for the game, when to call what plays. And if if Scott Turner wasn't going to improve in that capacity, I wonder how great he would have an impact, but I wonder how great an impact, especially in terms of W's and L's, that Trent Williams would have on this football team. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a fascinating question, and obviously we'll never know. Um, I do think it would have a, a small impact, a small upgrade from Charles Leno, um, because uh, here's what I know. Trent Williams was the starting left tackle here from 2010 through his final year of actually playing, 2018, and obviously the 2019 season uh, was, you know, was the holdout year, and then and then Bruce – turned around and, and screwed him once he reported because he tried to screw them uh, for service time, and, and back and forth they went, and it was a carousel, and he never played in 2019, and then he was off uh, to San Francisco, uh, which was a Ron Rivera decision, by the way, which we'll get to. But they didn't win a lot of games when he was here. They just didn't. I mean, obviously they were a good offense, but I would never, ever, 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 ever describe the Washington Commanders slash then Redskins, when Trent was here, as being a great running outfit, great run unit, great. Or I would never describe them as being great in pass protection. There were times that they were. Uh, Trent was very good individually. He wasn't perfect. I remember. I uh, I don't know if I could say this on the air. So don't um, say it. Don't get okay. yourself in trouble. I, I remember having Chris Russell a, being sued I, by I remember having various several, parties. <laughs> several conversations Whoa. with <clears throat> I'll just label it as 
somebody of significant NFL prominence. Okay? Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to say that? A prominence, right? Yes. Prominence. And they thought Trent at at the time, and this was 2016, 20, maybe 17, that, you know, Trent was overrated as a run blocker. And, you know, listen, I mean, can I say that he was or he wasn't? I mean, I would always say this. The then Redskins would always seem to struggle when you got into a pushing contest. You know, third and one, fourth and one, inches, whatever it might be, whether it was a sneak, whether it would be an inside zone, whether it be, you know, whatever, the lineup, the structure, the format, you know, the formation, what have you, they would seem not to have success when they needed it the most, despite having Trent and despite having Brandon Sheriff, right? And Sheriff was oftentimes more able to continue I guess have an impact because a lot of the runs that I'm kind of talking about would be up the middle or in his more area per se than Trent. So I, I, again, um, I wouldn't say that if the commanders had Trent Williams, if him and Ron had had a come to Jesus moment, And they worked out the contract. And Ron did not want to give him any guarantees. And I understand that from Ron's perspective. He didn't really give anybody that didn't need a new contract uh, guaranteed money. I mean, Sheriff got the guaranteed money on the franchise tag, but he didn't give him the guaranteed whopping load uh, in terms of a long-term deal. He just had a policy of, hey, look, I got to get to know you guys. I got to get to see how you work. I got to get to see how you're on the field, how you're in the building, how you are on the plane and the hotel, so on and so forth, whether you're one of my guys. And Trent did not want to wait for that. Trent had obviously the bad experience with the cancer scare and everything that this organization screwed up, even though Dan helped him at the last minute and, you know, probably and arguably saved his life. It wasn't good enough to overcome the bitterness that Trent had. Trent wanted the guaranteed money in that final year of his deal, which was 2020. And I, I want to say it was like $12.5 million. He wanted, you know, I, I mean, he wanted a significant portion of that guaranteed, if not all of it guaranteed, Pete. Um, and, and certainly he said, you know, look, if you want me to sign long-term, I mean, we're going to have to, you know, talk about some serious, again, long-term, actual 100% guarantees. It didn't work out. Ron didn't budge on his stance. Trent didn't budge on his stance, so they traded him. I mean, is that is that Ron's fault? No. Is that Trent's fault? Probably not. I guess both sides could have caved or one side or the other, but they didn't. And they traded away for essentially a third-round pick and Sadiq Charles. They traded away. A hall of a surefire Hall of Fame offensive tackle who is I don't even know if it's arguably the best left tackle in the game, but I still say, and maybe I'm wrong by this, I think they would be slightly better than they are now with Charles Leno the last two years, but I don't think they would be like slamming better. Do so, you? Yeah, and and that's again. If every th- every other scenario remains the same, then I don't know how much effect he has on winning and losing. Do they win one more game? Maybe. Do they win two more games? Maybe Scott seeing Trent Williams at left tackle would, uh, you know, encourage him to run the football more. I don't know. 
But based on everything else being the same, I don't know how great of a difference, you know, unfortunately, that it would actually make. In theory, yes, putting a Pro Bowl player, an all-pro player, there should make a difference for you. Would it change Scott Turner's mentality, though? That's the question. That's the ultimate question to me. What was the one thing everybody was bitching about this week? Brian Robinson ran the ball four right. times in the second half. So if I've got Trent Williams, and sure, in theory, yeah, I'm going to have good pass protection for the most part. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau's still a good rusher. He might be able to beat Trent Williams. Um, you know, Trent's not perfect. But ultimately, the, the question, you know, is, is how much of effect would him staying here have had on winning? Would Sheriff have stayed because they had Trent? Probably not. You wouldn't have been able to afford to pay him. Right. Because you'd have had to pay Trent some good cash. Right. Was it a case of Ron being old school and saying, well, I need to know the player? I mean, Ron, everybody knows Trent Williams is a great offensive tackle. Okay? Dudes in the building could have told you about Trent Williams. Sign him. You keep Trent Williams. Trent Williams is an all-pro football player. Keep great football players on your team. It's what we're talking about with Deron Payne right now, right? We want Deron Payne to stay on the football team because he's a great football player. Okay? So you got to do everything you can to keep great football players on your team. Now, we don't know if there was another influence voice. There was another voice of influence, you know, in the in in the offing, in the conversation, uh, because that person never talks. Um, and 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 Trent has given us some insight, but has not told us, I think, the whole story. Um, he's playing well in San Francisco right now. He's moved on. Obviously, Washington uh, has moved on. But there were a lot of cooks, buddy. There were a lot of Guy Fieri's in there, man. <laughs> there were a lot of Guy Fieri's and guys, sous chefs and all that other stuff. They were all in there with Trent Williams, man. So, I mean, it's Bruce, it's Dan, medical people, a Fred Flintstone-like lump on his head. Hello, Fred. And, I mean, it's just bizarre, man, how that all shook out. But it's also kind of a microcosm of exactly what's happened with this franchise. Here's arguably, I mean, look, we could argue, Chris, Sean Taylor, Trent Williams. I mean, guys that were consistent, all pro, potential all pro caliber players. Okay. And one gets cut short because of a bullet and the other one gets cut short because of chaos and interference. Yep. And stuff that really has nothing to do with football. Well, it's kind of symbolic. That's the crazy of, thing. Well, but you're right, but it's kind of symbolic of the franchise, right? I mean, all too often, the football operation has been t- sabotaged by the marketing and business operation. 100%. I, I mean, that's not true in every case, but... But it did, it, I mean, it, they've it's, not helped. Absolutely. It sure as hell was the case, what, with Robert? One. With... Uh, with Hainsworth, I guess, to some degree, maybe that was big Al, uh, you know, with McNabb, right? With and 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 certainly with uh, with Trent. I mean, now again, um, people make mistakes, right? And sometimes you miss things, and sometimes you misdiagnose things, right? There's a reason why uh, malpractice exists. There's a reason why. I don't know enough of the particulars, and certainly I'm not going to accuse anybody, but is it possible that the organization just didn't pay enough attention, didn't follow it closely because they've got, you know, at any one time, 60-plus players in the building? 
uh, even during the regular season. And Guy's got a mo- lump on his head, Chris. That's not that's not regular. I understand that. I understand that. But people, I get mean, you've lump- got nice quaff hair up there that could cover up a lump if you had one. But um, right, a, but 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 you a lump under- on your nugget is not is not something that we regularly see. No, you're you're right. But do we as human beings get lumps on our body or weird growths or or masses of mm. of some? I mean, I mean, we do, right? I've got a growth. Mm. Uh, hello. <laughs> um, that's when that's when Matt's got to have like 1970s porn music fired up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm talking to Peter North here instead oh, of Pete Medhurst. Mister um, Holmes. Yes. Um, hello, but Mr. but you Holmes. get you get my point. Like, I, I mean, sure. Was it was it. <sighs> Was it a situation where they missed? Of course, absolutely. I'm not trying to suggest that they didn't. I guess what I'm trying to say is, was it incompetence? I mean, I know a bunch of these people, so I'm I'm not sitting here going, oh, my God, they're incompetent. You know, like, that's not fair. They've been around for a long time. They've successfully treated a lot of athletes. But they've also, the, the old physical rehab staff, the old um, uh, uh, medical training staff in the building, what do they call them? Um, Trainers, I guess. You know, they had a terrible reputation with a lot of players. Whether it's fair or not, a terrible reputation with a lot of players. Now, you know, again, players are looking at it as like, hey, you were supposed to save me so I could save my career, so I could make life-changing, generation-changing, generation-changing wealth for my family. I mean, I know many players that I dealt with over a, a, a long period of time that felt like they got screwed by the old and, – and here's part of the problem, too, is a lot of times, okay, it is up to the rehab – uh, trainers and, and rehab staff, if you will, that deal with the players minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, as opposed to the doctors that come in and out of the building mm-hmm. and are there for checkups, for there for final approval, are there for, hey, player hurt his knee on Sunday, we got to get an, whatever. They're not there all the time. The, the trainers are the ones. And listen, there were some problems with the former training staff. That's all there is to it. And guess what? The guy that Ron hired wasn't any better, as it turned out. He was doing some shady stuff. So there have been all sorts of problems with this organization, as we all know. I look at the Trent Williams situation, Pete, as something that ultimately sucked. They had a chance to make Trent Williams Basically, you know how we talked about Daryl Green being like the only guy that really, in my mind at least, can rival Alex Ovechkin because of his long-term legacy here, his winning, all that. And Trent hadn't even won anything. But Trent had an op, or they had an opportunity, or Trent had an opportunity to put that kind of legacy on the mantle. And they screwed it up 17,000 ways to Sunday. So as I sit here and I say, man, does it suck that they didn't have to? Absolutely it does. Would they be better? Sure. Would they be appreciably better? No, I don't believe that. And I don't think that's just because of Scott Turner. I think that's largely the quarterback. Uh, I think that's other factors that you've, some of which you've mentioned. Uh, and I think that's just the reality is that Trent was here from 2010 to 2018 
And while they had some good years during that span, they just didn't have enough. One player, as great as he is, as dynamic as he is, does not win football games alone. I think we all know that. So does it suck that they don't have Trent? Yes. Does it suck that Trent's going to, you know, I mean, I guess you keep Montez Sweat, I guess, away from him as much as possible, right? You have Montez Sweat try and beat Mike McClinchy on the other side, who's pretty good, too. And you just say, good luck to Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, and uh, and James Smith-Williams and say, listen, I mean, try and, you know, maybe maybe try and grab a holding penalty or whatever. I mean, Trent Williams is not, in my opinion, a significant enough difference maker that this defense can't go out there and do a good job against McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, uh, and the rest of the crew. However, that being said, I realize and I acknowledge that if they get no interior pass rush and if they get no pass rush of significance from Montez Sweat, which was basically what happened last Sunday night against Daniel Jones and the Giants, then this defense is going to be shut down. This defense is going to be neutralized. And this defense is probably going to give up 20... I'll just say 21 to 24 points at least, right? So that's how Trent obviously factors in here. But it's not like I go into this game going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I can't believe they've got to go against Trent Williams and they've got to shut him down. Yeah, I mean, that's not kind of how right, I look at it. Right, but it, it, look, it's still opportunity for Allen, Payne, and Sweat to dominate Yeah, uh, at their rec- respective positions. Right. And, and you know the inner workings, okay? You know the inner workings. I think everyone knows the fact that, you know, no one from the organization essentially uh, showed up at the hospital to check on Trent. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all believe that, you know, the circles of which that has been reported are true. And, you know, Ron making it seem that, as you talked about, he wanted to get to know the player. Ron making it seem – I don't know if Ron was questioning the ability of the player – in that situation, and I think maybe that's how Trent kind of took it in mm-hmm. that situation. Maybe took it too literally. I think everybody knows if Trent Williams shows up for day one of practice, Trent Williams is your left tackle. I think that's a, yeah. I think okay. that's a fair point, right? But but there's you know this. There's more to what do you always say about Navy, right? I, I mean, maybe people knew more about football than Ken Niamatololo, but he was a fierce leader. He was a guy that you went through a brick wall for, right? And Greatest leader of people I've ever seen. Right. Sometimes that doesn't always equal success on mm-hmm. the field, right? I mean, you know, like athletics is athletics. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you can be the greatest leader as a coach. Right. still comes down to the Jimmys and Joes, the Jennys sure. and Julies making plays. But nobody would question Ten- Trent Williams' natural talent. Now, what was fair to question was whether Trent Williams, after all of this, mentally, emotionally, and physically, would return to Trent Williams' form and, as a matter of fact, even get better. If you, th- I mean, if you think about it, and I'm sure people would spin it this way, Pete, well, he's, you know, again, this is just pro football focus. In the last three years... All three of his years with San Francisco, 91-9 out of 100. Last year, 96.6 out of 100. And this is cumulative offensive grades, pass blocking, run blocking. And this year, 94.5. His best year in Washington was a 92-7 in 2016. Um, There was 2013 where he was a 91-8, and that was a disaster. His other years were mostly in the low 80s or right around, you know, 
high 70s, that type of thing, 2018. Uh, his last full year in Washington, 2018, was a 75.6. He's beat up all, you know, all that. So I think it was more than fair for people to question, could Trent Williams get better than whatever he was? And could Trent Williams physically and emotionally and mentally get back to what he was? I think that's fair. He's obviously proven that he could and that wearing a helmet and all that stuff, no problem. Okay. But. And this is where I, I, I stopped short of killing Ron. I understood where Ron was at because he had a essentially a blanket policy. I'm not giving anybody long-term contracts that doesn't need one. And even if you say, well, Brandon Sheriff needed one. Well, Brandon Sheriff didn't get one. Now, maybe that was finances. Maybe that was just Ron saying, ah, you know what? I got to see him. I got to see him in action before I make that kind of decision. I got to see him with my own eyes. I got to see if Matsko can make him better. I got to see him stay durable. He isn't, you know. So I don't blame Ron, but I acknowledge that Trent's departure from Washington was not all, all on Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. Ron Rivera did have the ability to bring him back. Ron chose not to. Trent Williams had the ability to stay if he wanted to. Trent chose not to. And sometimes, uh, I guess like, you know, Tom and Giselle style, sometimes divorce, I don't want to say it's amicable because I'm sure Trent wants to kick the ass of Ron Rivera and the commanders, but sometimes you part ways and you say, okay, it just didn't work out. I am shocked, by the way, Dax Milne is not the return specialist for the Pro Bowl. So disappointing. Snub. I'm just going to let that facetious dig at my guy, <laughs> Dax Milne. I love Dax Milne. You know me. I moved toward the time he was here. He's a great player. BYU. He just can't bust a grape right now against this wide receiver core and his only chance is to make an impact. Look, I will say this. He is elite at fair catching the football. He he is elite at so that. He's track. not turning it over. He is elite, he is at, elite track. at fair catching the football. Is he the Trent Williams of fair catching the football? He might be. I'm sure if pro football focus rated how well you fair catch a football, he would be a 99.9 because he does that very, very well. Just some, just disappointed. He couldn't beat out Cavante Turpin. I mean, so, I me. mean, obviously you're being facetious and am, joking and, and being a by way, humbug. By the way, if you're a kid out there and you play football, you're an athlete uh-huh. or whatever. Think about this coming out of high school, Hassan Reddick, had no Division One offers. No Division One offers. He's now a pro bowler in the National Football League. Yeah. Don't let anybody determine your path for you. You go determine your path. Absolutely. And Hassan Reddick, yet proof of another player who didn't have great offers and still makes it to the National Football League. And he's rich because he got a nice contract this year as well. Coming up, your chance to tell us how big of an impact would Trent Williams have had he stayed And are you looking forward to watching him against your team coming up this week? Plus, Pro Bowl snubs, if there were any. 301-230-0980. It's your forum next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Day morning, it's Russell and Medhurst. We're here till noon. Maddie, of course, on the other side of the glass, the great Tyler Russo, the assistant producer this morning. 
Taking your calls at 301-230-0980 as we take you up until 12 noon. Doc Walker's already in the bullpen warming up. El Doctor. He's getting Tyler, set. Ty, Tyler's all fired up. He He's, like, trying to talk to you down the line. I don't know if you could hear him. I could hear him, yeah. Uh, but he's... Uh, He's all fired up to you, be hanging out with Dad. Well, he's the assistant producer now for the next week. He's the assistant oh, wait, producer. The, the, the assistant producer that we don't have? <laughs> what a bump. Hey, he's part-time like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> 301230. You want to be our assistant producer next week? Yeah. Attaboy. Sure. All right, go back and watch TV. You're killing me here. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. All right, All right. talking Trent Williams' impact on this Washington team that he stayed. With everything else being the same, you can't change any of the rest of the scenarios. It's all the same. And how many wins would he have you know, really made a difference for this club? Would it have changed Scott Turner's influence on how much running game he's calling uh, in a situation like that? And we're talking Pro Bowl snubs. Clearly, Deron Payne deserved to be in the conversation, but they only take a couple. And Aaron Donald, Jonathan Allen... And Dexter Lawrence were the interior linemen chosen. So let's go start things off with our man Jeff in Vienna. What's up, Jeff? Morning, guys. How are hey, you? How are you, bud? Uh, oh. Chris, your your guy Grant, I was at uh, the Caps game Monday night. Your boy Grant was sitting about four rows down in front of me right on the glass. Uh, it's shocking. I mean, it's it's literally the, the, the most shocking thing in the world that Grant would be sitting on the glass. Nope. Uh, and and that he would say that he doesn't go to any games. You know, I mean, look, I went through King George County yesterday. There are pictures of Grant Paulson everywhere. Um, I mean, they might as well give him the key to the county. You can't. You, you... I heard something click out. Is Jeff still with us? I don't oh, know. Here, uh, yeah, I had yep. to, something happened. I had to dial back in. I couldn't hear you. Can you oh, guys no. hear me? We hear yeah, you fine. We, we got you now. Uh, we we we, oh. we kind of heard some weird stuff going on with the phones. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the phone monster is back again. Uh, but were there was were, weird. were there posters and banners and 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 all of that stuff as you yeah? And, and not only time? that, not only that. I mean, there were pictures of him in sheets. You know about how proud they were of Grant and oh. how much he owns King George County. I mean, Jeff, yeah. look, you have great seats at at the sporting events. But for Grant to be seated even in front of you, I mean that's impressive. Yeah. That, that's very, very have, impressive. Do you have season tickets? Uh, I know you do at the Nationals, no. Jeff. But do you have? You don't no, have season tickets. My, for the Caps, my right? daughter's boyfriend was in town, and he's never been to. He's from Atlanta. He's never been to a hockey game before. Man, I'll wow. tell you, he had the time of his life. Oh wow, and, that was uh, a great game to go to. I mean, everybody uh, talked. I mean, you know, all the players, uh, people that were there. I was not. Uh, talked about how Monday night was just an electric playoff-like atmosphere at Capital One Arena. Yeah, two OVs off the post and uh, the whole nine yards. So um, I'm on. I'm on a call. So, um, <laughs> but he was not banging on the glass. So I will. I will give him credit for that. Smitty, <laughs> hey Jeff, get back to work. Get back to work. Stop talking to those radio Jeff, fools. Jeff, we need you. Stat. <laughs> I think we lost Jeff again. Let's go to Roy in Brunswick. What's up, Roy? <laughs> Hello, Roy. Gentlemen, good morning. Awesome Roy. show. Thank you, pal. Appreciate you. As always. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. For now. <laughs> For now, well, apparently, was a minute. I, uh, 
I disagree with, with Trent. I think he'd be a huge impact this mm-hmm. year. Um, one, because the worst part of this team's game, which should be its uh, strength, is the screen game. Mm-hmm. And, and the tight ends can't block. So I think you could do anything you wanted out wide with him. Um, your, your quarterback wouldn't be getting blindsided from that side. He, he's really durable. Um, I've got some old stats for you. For, like in 16, for example, when they actually had a team, Cousins threw for almost 5,000 yards. Yeah. They had the third uh, offense, and their defense was 28. Right. Um, and they had Jackson and Garcia. Different well, play I mean, caller, rush- though. Different play caller. Yeah, but you're talking about – I'm just giving you the stats. And then, know. you know, you're talking about 700 yards from your running back. I mean, which running back would you have liked to have ran elite? Uh, Rob Kelly or Always Hurt Matt Jones or Punching His Girlfriend Darius Geis? Like, <sighs> so there never was a running back here, and there never was a defense here. In 17, Cousins threw for uh, over 4,000 yards. I bet you don't know who his leading receiver was. Jamison Crowder. Yeah. So, I mean, he, even with zero talent, no, they no, still did that. I, I just think Roy, that, that's Trent a, was, you're, was you're, durable. He missed more games from weed than he did from, from injury. He played one whole year on one leg and, and still right. held up. And Roy, I your, just think, your, your point you know, about if you're the, able to lock down one side and you can help the other side with, with a chipper or somebody like that and you know that you don't have an issue at left tackle, it allows your offense to do – so many more things. And like I say, all the halfback screens and all the pop passes we should be able to do that we can't do. Trent would fix all that stuff in my well, opinion. You, your point about the screens is excellent. They have struggled in that area. Now, it doesn't mean you can't run them. They have struggled in that area. We've acknowledged that. We've talked about that. That's an excellent point. Your overall context is right. Now, I wouldn't say Trent. I mean, Trent was a tough, tough, tough player. But there were times where even though he would play through injuries, you know, he was less than great or, or what have you. Uh, and, and, and certainly the two weed suspensions and all that. And again, different world, different context. I, I guess what I'm not saying is that Trent, tr- of course, Trent would be an upgrade. No offense from Charles Leno. Of course he would. I think everybody acknowledges that. I guess what I'm kind of getting at is all those numbers and all those superlatives you just threw out. They just, they didn't win any more games than quite honestly, they're going to win this year. Or then they've won the last two years without him. I, I mean, a c- couple of times they won more than seven games, but not enough. And I, I guess that's the point is, yes, your offense is better with Trent because he can do much more. But it's not like your team is overall going from seven or eight wins to 10 or 11 wins because of Trent Williams. At least at least the way the numbers show it and, and reality, maybe. I would love to see Jay Gruden calling plays right now with this group, with this with this skill group. That's all. I don't need him to be the head coach. I just want him to be the offensive coordinator here. It's going to line three. It's Sabah. What's up, Sabah? Hey, guys. You got me? Since everybody else have having trouble hearing you guys, it seems like. Yeah, we got you, Sabah. Awesome. Well, I finally got to call in this week. Uh, I've been really busy this week, but I took some time off today, so I got the electricians in the house. So if you hear a little bunch of brrrr, that's because of that, okay? <laughs> Um, we're doing like a generator thing. I don't want to be without electricity anymore. That was a bad four days this past few months. So, uh, anyhow, um, about the Trent thing, um, what the last call was talking about, how, um, you know, he never got hurt except he was out for weed. To me, that's why I would never, never have signed him. That 2016, he missed, I think, those four games or whatever. Then did he miss another four at the beginning of the season or something because of him not being disciplined and because of him being selfish? And I think Ron is the one time I agree with him. 
you needed the locker room culture to change. And that was one guy that needed to not be in the locker room, particularly at the beginning where the team was sort of still struggling and stuff. That does not need to be a leftover, you know, always doubting everything that um, a coaching staff does. And about that lump on his head, you don't have to be a doctor to know. You got a grapefruit on your head, you remove it. Okay? You don't take a genius to figure that out. So I don't know who he's trying to blame for that. Because most of those are benign, but there's rare ones that are not. So if anything is bothering you or growing, you take it out. And they offered him that. They said you can take it out or leave it in, but if it's growing, you probably should see somebody. And he wanted to deny it and then try to blame the doctors for that. So I'm so glad he's not on this team. Do I wish we had a better left tackle? Yeah, but I don't want it to be Trent. Pete, is that fair? I, th- I mean, I think Doc makes some f- fair some. Fair points uh, in 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 terms of listen. Again, sometimes it's more than just talent, right? You have to have the right leadership, the right mentality. I wonder if deep down Ron felt, I don't want to say, but maybe to Sabah's point, I wonder if Ron felt there might be a chemistry issue with the player. Yeah, addition by subtraction, guys. Well, well, we saw that. We've seen that already this year. I, I mean, listen, I feel bad because Charles Leno is never really going to be able to compare in terms of physical talent to Trent Williams. I know Charles Leno has been beat a couple of times, obviously got beat on the sack that, that ended Ryan Fitzpatrick's career, got beat on the sack from Kayvon Thibodeau the other night that ended up with a touchdown. That's going to happen. Just like cornerbacks are going to give up touchdowns, left tackles are going to get beat for sacks occasionally. But Charles Leno, uh, to me, like left tackle is the least of this team's problems. Like I heard my guy Linnell yesterday screaming and 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 whatever. Uh, Youngest in you, charge, passionate, do, energetic. Do, yeah, Doctor Sabah would have been happy about this because he said, you know, out of all the problems, Taylor Heineke is the least of the Commanders' problems. Hundred percent, and and a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is the least. Look around the league. Hey, listen, did you see some guy, some guy, some guy um, challenged me on Twitter to name 15 quarterbacks that right now or um, that, that the teams would rather have uh, um, Taylor Heineke instead of. So I named him. Um, I named him. Um, hold on one second. Let me just get my husband off of here. He's trying to call me. Um, he should know I'm on the radio 90% of the time. Hold okay, on, honey. So, <laughs> okay, you ready? I got Atlanta with Pitts and Mariona. Cardinals, Murray, McCoy, McSorley. Carolina, Darnold. Colts, Ryan and Folds. Jets, Wilson, White. Carr at um, Oakland. He's not having a good year. Russell Wilson this year. Texans, Mills, Cal Allen. Saints, Dalton, Winston Hill. Pittsburgh, Trubisky, Pickett. Rams, Mayfield. Ravens, Huntley. Mac Jones, Brissett, D. Watson, and Fields. I would take Heineke over all those guys. Well, I mean, look, Sabah, you don't you don't have to you don't have to prove yourself to us. We know we know you're legit in terms of following football. You know your folks. So I, I will say this though: you have I mean, to she admit, makes a fairly strong argument. Sabah, you have to admit it, that Scott Turner's trying to make Taylor look like Dan Fouts, isn't he? Trying to make him look like Dan Marino, Joe Montana, throwing that pill all over the place. I. All right, Sabah's gone, but here here's the deal. I, I didn't even bring that up so that Sabah could, you know, 
rant about Taylor Heineke, but she, she took the ball and, and, and perfectly hit it out of the park. I guess my point was uh, that, you know, you can um, – where was I going with this? Um, back to Trent. Uh, I lost my point. I lost my train of thought. But, like, I, I guess what I'm – oh, here's where I was going. Like, Charles Leno. To, to me, it, he's not perfect by any stretch, right? But if you're making a, per, a a list of person that is the least of all the issues, Charles Leno would be very low on that list, correct? I mean, correct. is that fair? Yes, so absolutely. I, I wasn't necessarily trying to go down the Sabah Taylor Heineke defense road, uh, the legal defense fund road, but... I was trying to make the point that Charles Leno, while not perfect and not as good as Trent Williams, is way down on that list, despite some of the stuff that I see on social media that's like, oh, Charles Leno, bench him. Oh, Charles Leno, cut him. Oh, Charles Leno sucks. Oh, this, that, the other. I mean, come on. I mean, I couldn't be further from the truth. I, look, I, I mean, like, I mean look, the great thing about Jacoby and Taylor was LT would win some. Jacoby would win right. some. And right. hell, Jacoby would win more than you think. Chris Dolman, right. by the way, came out the other day supporting Joe Jacoby. LT and, D- and Dolman have spoke up for Joe Jacoby. I don't know what speaks more, you know, more volumes. Your peers? I mean, Dolman and LT are two of the greatest pass rushers in the history of all time. Shocker. They both wore 56, too. How about that? But those two guys spoke up incredibly loudly for Joe Jacoby, and they are the experts. They're the men that had to go hand-to-hand combat with Joe Jacoby all the time. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, Joe Jacoby won the higher percentage of those battles. So, I, you know, Charles Leno, every day, go look at the PFF stuff. Charles wins more battles than he loses. Yeah, in a perfect world, wouldn't every offensive lineman like to win 100% of the time? Of course they would. This is a game played by great people, Okay. It's a game played by the best in the history of the sport, okay? If there was somebody better, there'd be somebody else out there. Kayvon Thibodeau's a good player. He made some plays. He just happened to make one when the coach called for an ill-timed pass on his own three-yard line. And that got the quarterback hit, fumble, touchdown. That's where the coach has got to help out in a situation like that. Don't put Charles in that position. Don't put him in that spot. Okay? I mean, I don't know. The Giants, though, Giants got off their own five-yard line with a nice little bootleg lob to the tight end. All of a sudden, they're at the 20. 18 plays later, they're in the end zone. So, I mean, two completely different. I mean, look, both scenarios. The difference in the football game, Chris. The difference in the football game. Washington's inability to scheme inside its own five. The Giants' ability to two scheme inside its own five 14 point difference in the game. Okay. That offense was not doing much against the Washington D over the course of the game, but they did it in two important times. But wait, is it, but wait, is that scheming or is that execution? It's, I I mean, that's the gray area. It is executing your scheme. Yes. But I mean, look, the simplification of what the Giants did to get out of their own end. I mean, it's just a simple concept. Bellinger's wide open out there in the flat. 
All of a sudden, they get 15 yards. Now you're now it's game on. Now we can go back to running our offense. We don't no, have to right. worry about you're right. You know, getting our quarterback sacked in the end zone or a holding penalty in the end zone. I mean, you drop back near the end zone, Chris. There are a lot of things that can happen more negatively than positively. Mm-hmm. We can make a throw in a play. That's one. We could get sacked. We could have a hold. We could fumble. The other team could recover it, and all of it happened. 14 point swing. There's your ball game. Right there. So, I mean, again, yes, the Jimmys and Joes, you know, the Taylors and Terrys have to certainly execute. You know, the Charles and the Cosmies, you know, I mean, they, they, all those guys got to execute. But if you if you scheme it correctly or if you have a feel, like here's my thing. I have a feel right now that Kayvon Thibodeau is playing his best football of his rookie season right now. Mm-hmm. maybe I'm not going to put my left tackle in that position and my right. quarterback in that position because he can't see the guy coming from behind. Right. I know we talk about ball protection, but the guy's getting ready to throw a pass. He can't keep it high and tight and throw a pass at the same time. So we got to protect guys in that situation. And if that situation arises this week, I would hope that going up against a pro bowler like Mr. Bosa, they would be a little bit more conservative in that situation. And, oh, by the way, let your Pro Bowl punter flip the field and kick you out of trouble if necessary at that time. 301-230-0980. More of your calls next right here on the Team 980. Chris Russell tells us what's trending. Yeah, unfortunately, we start with more sad news. Yesterday was Franco Harris. Today, former Denver Bronco running back Ronnie Hillman, at the age of 31, has passed away due to a fight with cancer. His family just announced uh, in recent days he had been put in hospice. In case you don't remember, Ronnie Hillman, a former third-round pick in the 2012 draft by the Broncos, helped them to win Super Bowl 50 and appeared in uh, their other Super Bowl appearance last decade, Ronnie Hillman, dead at the age of 31. Meanwhile, we talked about the Commanders and their Pro Bowl. The Eagles, of course, getting eight in the Pro Bowl. Dallas and Kansas City getting seven each. But the Commanders getting a couple of starters, including Terry uh, Tressway, Jonathan Allen, and first-time special teams primary uh, basically starter Jeremy Reeves. And you may have seen the social media post that the team put together of a very emotional moment between he and Ron Rivera. We talked about all of this in hour number one into hour number two. If you missed any of it, Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. Matt will have it podcast for you coming up uh, on the show. Deron Payne and Montez Sweat were first and second alternates uh, as Uh, noted by the NFL. Also, the NFL and YouTube getting together, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, the NFL Sunday ticket heading to YouTube TV, YouTube primetime next year, the Caps in Ottawa. Alex Ovechkin, one goal away from tying the great Gordie Howe. Will he get it done? Listen to it on 106.7 The Fan tonight. Uh, for the Caps and Ottawa. This report is brought to you by Maryland Vehicle Theft Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device to learn more. Why don't you do that at mdautotheft.org? And that's what's trending.
All right. We have to Matt and I have to ask you a question, Chris. Oh boy. Is your cat still alive? Uh, he is. Tom Brady Tom Brady the cat has survived the commercial break. Um Yeah. For those that, of, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that are just joining us. I'm in the studio. Russell's at home. Um twice now we have seen the cat come on the scene like, "Hey, I want to be part of the show." I mean, I mean between the cat and Tyler, um you know, I am dodging bullets here. Uh, That's all right. We we we're, we know Tyler. He's good. Yeah. But we've now seen the cat try to run interference a couple of times. He'd be flagged for pass interference right. a couple of times during the show. Here so already. for those that, that uh, you know, of course, because we're on a private video feed here, Tom Brady, the cat's ass, um, literally was blocking my phone, which is how I was reading uh, our sponsor copy. Um, and... He was then at a different time when he wasn't blocking the phone, blocking my script for the trending alert, which, you know, I try and sprinkle in different stories throughout the three updates, you know, to keep them fresh and whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to, um, you know, engage and do what I got to do when Tom Brady the cat wants a little bit of attention. Let's go to Um, line four, Dennis and Mount Rainier. What's up, Dennis? Oh, God, uh, thank you for um, uh, letting me uh, chime in here. You guys sometimes sound like lawyers who want to argue an opposite of what is obvious. Uh, now, your original premise was, would they be better with Trent Williams now with nothing else changed? Pete, to your contention, I say they win Sunday. Why? Thibodeau doesn't sack anybody. Why do I say that? He doesn't just have Williams one of the the highest score probably, and certainly on tackles, pro football focus. He's had one sack in over 700 snaps. Thibodeau won't do anything, just like he did not do it when San Francisco wiped them out uh, in September. Uh, and to Sabah's thing, man, I hate that. Innuendo and nonsense. Trent Williams has never been a locker room problem ever in his career, and now all of a sudden he's going to be, uh, pretend going to be, forget it. And to your point, Pete, we may still have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who at the time when he went down for two years in a row was the number five quarterback in the league, was gone because of our left tackle. Would that have happened with Trent Williams? Doubtful. Would he be better? Yes. Would he equate to wins? He'd have equated to one win Sunday that would have damn near put us in the playoffs. So that's my spiel. That's a fair – I mean, look, that's a it's a well-presented point, Dennis. Appreciate the call. I mean, that, again, like I said, LT only had to make one or two plays a game against Jacoby, okay? And everybody thought he was great. Now, could Thibodeau make a play against Trent Williams? Certainly could. It's, it's, it's the timing of that play, and when do you make it? Uh, in, in those situations. That's why I say people don't realize Jacoby wins more battles against LT than he loses. You know, I mean, I mean, more, I mean Leno, yeah, wins, yes. Leno wins more battles against Thibodeau than he loses. Right. It's just when you lose one on your own three-yard line and it results in a sack fumble, you know, everybody starts tweeting his wife that he sucks, and that's just not the case. I think that call made it very clear that he disagreed with my stance, which was they wouldn't be significantly better without Trent with Trent Williams. Again, I a, think a, his a, point is 
there's less likely of Thibodeau getting a sack fumble, strip sack fumble sure, the way sure. he did the other but day. But that wasn't the only play he made. He also made a couple of plays again on that first long drive, uh, you know, off the left side of the offensive line, right side of the giant defense to chase down chase, um, uh, um, Curtis Heineke. Samuel. He, he, he chased down Taylor Heineke after getting optioned. They optioned off of him. Yeah. He got caught coming down the line. Heineke makes the right read, goes outside, gets down the field, and Thibodeau is the guy that runs him down right. eventually. But I guess my point my point is to say that Trent that wouldn't have happened in any way shape or form without with Trent. Yeah, it's less likely to happen. But I mean it's it's not like Trent never allowed a sack. I mean some of that is to your point and to everyone else's point, some of that in San Francisco, why he's so much better than even he was here, could be, you know what? They have better talent. They have better scheming. They have better coaching. They have better support staff. They have better uh, quarterbacks that get rid of the ball quicker, that read and process defenses quick. I mean, again, to say that Trent never would have allowed us and never would have gotten beat by Kayvon Thibodeau is a little unfair. Would they have had a better chance? Sure. I, I, I'll acquiesce to that, no doubt. I don't know if I could just make a blanket statement that Trent Williams would have never, ever, ever been beat by Kayvon Thibodeau like Charles Leno was a couple of times on Sunday night. 301-230-0980, final hour of the show. We are flying on a Thursday morning. A lot of you want to chime in on Trent. We'll talk about it next with you. You responding to the topic. That's what we like to see. 301-230-0980. And, of course, streaming live for free. Take us with you everywhere you go during this busy holiday season on the Odyssey app.